views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants and no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Afternoon once again, folks, on this uh, Tuesday. It's John DePietro. It is The John DePietro Show. This portion of our program brought to you by Case. Remember, stop by Case. They're waiting for you. Delicious food. I'll tell you, um, uh, David and John have done just a fantastic job. And you know what people love? And I get so much uh, email from uh, so many of you folks that say that people come in from out of town. And the first thing they want to do, that you want to feel like you're back in the town. They go by K's. Or right now, during this difficult time, and it is, it's a stressful time for all. You're going to feel better with a good meal. You want to make sure that you're still eating well. And uh, and treat yourself well. And, and what I like about what John and David, what they've done at Case is they've added so many things to the menu. And there's different dishes to try and soups. And they've gone all out. So uh, stop by Case right there across from CBS on Cass Avenue. Folks, Mark Lauder is going to join us coming up at uh, 1.30. Director of Strategic Communications for Team Trump. So he's a former special assistant to the president and um, press secretary for Vice President Mike Pence. So we're going to talk to... Mark coming up, and uh, they are now day three in Michigan. They are really working Michigan, and he gets right in there and uh, fires up the crowd. Mark is uh, just terrific, and we're going to talk to him uh, coming up, folks, as things are are really heating up. Now, I also, I do want to make mention that there's a uh, tremendous story, a big-time drug raid in the city of Woonsocket, by the way, that just went down today, and I want to commend, we're going to, we're going to, uh, get more details about it but the there was a um uh huge drug bust and they also got some money and weapons and so forth and the other story is this um this is bad news for Rhode Island Rhode Island is back on the Connecticut New York New Jersey travel advisory list so our numbers are spiking up somewhat and as a result of that you know, what does this mean? It, it it means that now if you're traveling to one of those places that you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to quarantine. But I'm seeing right now, so Winsocket police announced the results of a months-long crackdown, illegal drug distribution, 19 people arrested, 130,000 cash, two guns were seized, and a kilo of fentanyl. Take it off the street. Police said that while most of New England was shut down because of the pandemic, the opioid problem is only getting worse. Undercover narcotics officers have been working the case since May. Police said they get information. Fentanyl is still widely available during the shutdown. And so um, Chief Tom Oates, and I will reach out. <clears throat> we'll try to get him. I don't know if I'm going to get him today. But uh, they did have a, a news conference not long ago. You know, play a little bit of that. And uh, tremendous, tremendous job by the situation with the uh, Winsocket police and taking this, uh, taking it off the street. That is a big time haul that they were able to get. And the folks that is so deadly and dangerous and um, so uh, just in uh, incredible. And I want to hear that the uh, the mayor was there, but. Chief Oates uh, did speak, and let me play just a little bit of this, folks. That, I'll turn over to Mayor Lisa Bordelli oh. for a few remarks. Hold on, folks. Let me back it up just a little Chief bit. Michael oh. Moyne and my detective captain Adam Rennick. Wow. And my uh, captain back there. What a big time job. Uh, let me get the. Today, but he is also part of that team. The city and our office is very defining statement. Uh, that's where the direction we're headed in. But we'll never lose focus uh, on our enforcement effort because that's something that we do every day. So, Captain, if you want to come up, and if there's any questions of you ask of myself, the captain, the director, the mayor, or anyone else. Folks, big-time drug raid. investigation here. You have uh, 20 people talk to me. Obviously, each case is different. But what goes into the actual investigation and finding these people? What are things that you guys look at to track these people down? Uh, I can start anywhere from following up on an overdose and our narcotics detectives go to any overdose to try and gather intelligence as much as they can. Uh, tips that come into the department, uh, 
um, and just regular street level intelligence of finding out you know who the players the players out there right now. Big time um, fentanyl bust. Getting into them, trying to get buys off them, um, whether it's through CIs or undercover buys, and there's progressively working the case from there. And we talked about um, killing the community. Can you talk about specifically have you been able the fact these overdoses happening and how um, this contributes to that? Uh, certainly. I mean, anything we can do to take these narcotics off the streets will you know, hopefully lessen the amount of uh, users we have as far as overdoses and so forth. Um, so any impact we can have as far as you know taking these deals off the streets and taking the product off the streets, we hope will help. Can you talk about um, what is at stake for officers when you go out with fentanyl, right? You have to be incredibly careful as far as touching it, inhaling it, then you have COVID on top of that. What is the risk to officers and, and what do you have to be aware of? Right, absolutely. I mean, this, this you know, the, these officers started this only a few months after the big closure. Folks, again, this is an earlier uh, press briefing. Resulted in the arrest. This is Chief Oaks. Sheet that was put out today over the 19 arrests, over $130,000 in cash, two firearms, four vehicles seized. So uh, with that, I'll turn over to Mayor. Let me get the beginning of his uh, remarks here. This is uh, Chief Tom Oates. from the Attorney General's office back here. So uh, I know you were given some information. I know you were given some information. Uh, and so I'm going to keep my remarks brief because uh, I think it'd be better that if you have particular questions about what we uh, have already sent out to you, uh, we'll be more than happy to answer any questions. But basically, we're here today as a result of 19 arrests. Actually, another arrest was made last night. Let's bring it to 20. Wow. This was an initiative started by the uh, men uh, of the Woonsocket uh, Police Narcotics Unit. Uh, we saw it as the, the spring began and everyone knew that the COVID was in full bloom and it was locked down, but we were seeing a spike in overdoses here in uh, the city of Woonsocket, especially related to fentanyl. So they decided on their own to put together an initiative, um, and that initiative resulted in the arrests uh, that are noted in that uh, wow. sheet that was put out today over the 19 arrests, over $130,000 in cash, Whoa. two firearms, four vehicles seized. So uh, with that, I'll turn over to Mayor Lisa Bodelli hunt for a wow. few minutes. Folks, 20 arrested. Thank you, This Chief. is the mayor. Um, I'd like to first welcome you here today, and thank you for coming out. It's an important day for us in Woonsocket. Uh, I think it's important also to recognize our vice unit and the difficult work that they do in taking these drugs off of our streets. Big time. Drug uh, certainly, rate. these individuals are affecting our families, our friends, our neighbors and importantly we have incorporated a partnership with the community care alliance working to help the individuals who are subjected to these narcotics from these dealers so it's a partnership that we're very proud of we thank you for that and also we'd like to thank the attorney general uh, who has been a partner here since his time uh, in office and even before that uh, we've had a great working relationship with the Attorney General's office for years, and uh, we thank them. So thank you for coming out. Oh, big time and, drug um, Director Gillette <coughs> will address you. And thank you uh, for coming out here. It's uh, very important. And if I can just expound on what the mayor said, uh, these things take a partnership, and we have an extreme partnership with our community leaders, the Attorney General. Our chief does a great job with his deputy. Um, we're going to recognize Captain Remick and his uh, vice unit. Wow. He's done a great job. Uh, All in Sasha Police, no state police here. In May of last year, um, and it, it just it just grew and grew. Um, we really need everyone's help in this and solving the supply and demand in this city and throughout this, this region. So uh, I'm very proud of these uh, men and women who uh, took, took the initiative and uh, obviously doing their job. And very appreciative of that. And I'd just like to also thank the mayor for her support to our uh, police department um, and our public safety division, who also incorporates the fire department, which which they respond to numerous calls of uh, people needing help um, with certain addictions. So um, Chief Chateau couldn't be here today, but he is also a part of that team. Thank you very much. Folks, this is Attorney General. It's good to, to be here and, and to recognize the really strong work here. You know, as I was thinking about this, uh, this operation over this period of months, uh, reflecting on that this morning, uh, 
the reality is, is that before COVID-19, this was the largest uh, public health crisis we were facing as a country and as a state. Um, and during COVID-19, in a sense, uh, we have collectively forgotten how important this fight is. Um, this, uh, Folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro, a major drug raid in the city of Woonsocket. Let me just see if they uh, get into some more questions here. This is uh, Chief Oates. 20 people arrested. Huge amount of fentanyl removed off the street. This is mostly fentanyl. People are buying heroin. They believe it's heroin, but it's actually heroin with fentanyl. It's very rarely you're getting straight heroin anymore. It's usually laced with something. Um, but these cases were um, predominantly fentanyl cases. Okay. That's the unfortunate thing. When fentanyl first started to, started to come into the market, it was it was not that common that it was mixed in with the heroin. Now, if you, unfortunately, if you're talking to some of the users, they're only looking for fentanyl. They're only wow. looking for fentanyl. Uh, it's going to a complete other level of the spectrum, which makes it so much more dangerous. And the risk that they take, the users take themselves in, in doing it. But they're they're sick. They need help. They need help. They need treatment. Uh, it's beyond their control. But it's very very That's dangerous. Chief Tom Oates. Colonel, you mentioned the drive to call for defunding police. It seems though oh. that in working with the social workers that you do, you're ahead of the game in that. There's, there's a lot that police do uh, in this day and age that I don't think the public is aware of. And these examples of partnerships and the HOPE initiative with CCA, with other community groups that we're, in, that we're involved in, uh, we're doing a lot more than uh, just arresting people. Is this still ongoing, this initiative? Right now, this is pretty much closed, but we're ready for the next chapter any day. The, the tip line is always coming in with information. Folks, that again is... Um Chief of Police in Woonsocket, Chief Tom Oates, major, major uh, drug raid. And that was uh, part of the press conference uh, just a short time ago. We are 20 suspects, 20, 20 people arrested with this. And fentanyl, you know what I thought that was interesting about that? First of all, 130000 in cash, two guns, and a kilo of fentanyl taken off the street. But what's interesting about that, and again, right now it's one eighteen. On this uh, on this Tuesday, folks. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro. But what's interesting about that? What the chief was just saying. How about at one point they used to use? You know, you'd hear about fentanyl being used to spike into something, and a lot of times it was causing death. I believe Seymour Hoffman. He was an actor. Uh, do you remember? He was one of the first ones that seemingly OD'd on like some kind of a. It was a batch of heroin that was spiked with fentanyl. Now. This is how sick and twisted it's becoming. A lot of them just want straight fentanyl. They don't even want heroin anymore, which is like a death wish. Now, what I want to point out was very interesting about that was um, there were no state police. This was a completely Winsocket police operation. So I think what we'll do is um, later today, I will reach out to uh, Chief Oates and we'll have him on the program at some point. But that is um, that is uh, some kind of uh, an arrest, and you heard a very long investigation done by the Woonsocket Police Department of uh, undercover narcotics and, and uh, getting to that. That is a that was a long investigation. I also like that question about, and you have been hearing about this whole business of the the defund the police. And then you just hear about how long this investigation has been going on. So there was a big time uh, press conference and, um, and hey, you know, say what you want. But that was very good exposure for the mayor at that. And then thanking the mayor for her support. So very good job uh, all around. I'm sure they'll have uh, the station will have more on this as the afternoon goes on. But that's a that's a big time drug raid when you get that amount of fentanyl. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, and again, good afternoon on this Tuesday. We're going to speak with a, a member of the Trump campaign coming up at 1.30. We're going to talk with uh, Mark Lauder coming up at 1.30. But this per- portion of the show is brought to you by A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Listen, I they want to help you save money. This is a time that as much as you can, you want to save as much money as you possibly can. And so call... A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call them today and 
You can set up an appointment. You get a free consultation. And it's very simple. It's Scott and Alex. And let them help you save money. Call them today at 401-353-9300. 401-353-9300. Mazika Insurance Services. And they'll help you save money on auto insurance, home insurance, life insurance, insurance on your business. Or maybe, you know, a lot of times people don't realize whether it's a trampoline or a motorcycle or a boat or an RV. You need insurance. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call them today. Free consultation. Let them help you save money. 401-353-9300. Now, right now, it's 122 on this Tuesday. My question, how would you like to save $200 a month? What would that mean for you and your family? How about that's Think about that. That's like you're giving yourself a raise of $2,500 a year. Let them help you save money. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, 401-353-9300. Located, their office is 1529 Middle Spring Avenue, North Providence. Plenty of free, safe parking. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Or you could just call, get a free consultation over the phone, 401-353-9300. Many times your life situation changes. Now, a lot of times your insurance company, they don't tell you that. A lot of people that are paying, a lot of times they start off paying a certain amount for their car insurance, when actually they probably could have insurance much less, costing them much less, but the insurance company doesn't tell them. I'll tell you, Scott and Alex, look for them on Facebook, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, or their website, aemazika.com. Let them help you save money. 401-353-9300. Well, folks, the big news, and again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. Very anxious. Coming up, we're going to talk with Mark Lauder, who's the Director of Strategic Communications for Team Trump. We're going to talk to him coming up, but I did see this article, the White House, Senate, Supreme Court could all hinge on North Carolina. The death of Justice Ginsburg. Folks, it's huge. It's a big dynamic in the race. Some key dates to look at. Some key dates to look at. A week from tonight. A week from tonight. A week from tonight is the first debate. The first debate is next Tuesday night, September 29th in Cleveland. Biden against President Trump. Now, Team Trump, they're also starting to kind of paint Biden a little bit more in a positive light, saying, you know, the guy's been around a long time. He is a good debater. He should do well. Kind of. Raising expectations a little bit. I think that's wise. I think that's wise. Because then otherwise, if you if you paint Biden as completely asleep at the switch, and then he comes out and just kind of gets through it and muddles through, you think, yeah, not bad. I don't think he did that bad. So I think they're wise to, and listen, if you've been watching him, He's got his talking points down. He stays very close, you know, very uh, on script. He, it's, it, he, he's not, I think the way he's been built up is like he's lost, doesn't know where he's going, where he's, what he's doing. I don't think that helps because then when you watch him, he is able to get through a lot of the appearance he's doing. Not great, but he's not terrible. So... I, I think they're wise to point out he has been around a long time. He was vice president for eight years. But, folks, starting next week, as I've told you, that's when the calendar really starts to pick up. Because their first debate is next Tuesday. Now you also have, on this Saturday, President Trump, the 26th. This Saturday is a big day. Saturday is the Trump rally that we're having at the Rhode Island State House, starting at 10 o'clock. I will be your MC. Saturday morning, come out. It's safe. All kinds of police are going to be there. You're going to be fine. The protesters, they, they, they go out late at night. They're not up this early. You're going to be fine. Totally. So. We're going to be done at 11 o'clock. Come from 930 to 11. You'll have a good time. But next, uh, this Saturday is when President Trump's going to announce his nominee for the Supreme Court. Next Tuesday night is the first debate. 
Then, think of this. Then, on Wednesday, October 7th, the VP debate. Kamala Harris will debate Vice President Mike Pence. The following Thursday night is the second presidential debate, October 15th in Miami. The following Thursday night is the final debate in Nashville. And then the next week, Halloween falls on a Saturday night. And then we all vote on November 3rd. It's coming. It is. This is crunch time. But I think the Supreme Court battle, I I think that's a positive, I believe it's a positive development for Team Trump. I do. Now, again, I'm going to be writing about the protesters a little bit later. We'll have a story up on DePetro.com. So you want to check it out later. Remember, DePetro.com brought to you by Mills Coffee Roasters. Click on the link. Delicious. What a family history they have. Mills Coffee Roasters, a Rhode Island success story. And they're uh, proud sponsors of DePetro.com, of which we're having more of. So we're going to talk to Mark coming up. But I also want to, um, folks, keep one eye. I, I think um, this business about all the threats that they're making, all the threats that the Democrats are making about burning things down and all this other stuff. I, um, I'm i very anxious to see where that goes. What else am I seeing? Uh, phase one of repar- reparations. Um, all right, so that foolishness is still going on with uh, Mayor Lorza is hosting a virtual press conference on the next step in his truth Reconciliation and reparations plan. Focus today is on the truth element. Now, for some reason, I was not included in this. <laughs> I see Keith Stokes. I see Mayor Lorza. I see Anastasia Williams. And I see two women of color that I don't know necessarily who they are. But I will identify exactly who they are. So, um, for whatever reason, the Alorza people are not including me with some of that. Let me see if uh, someone else has exactly who's on that call. No, I don't see that. Um, Not yet anyway. I like the fact. Let Sheldon Whitehouse be in the forefront on this. Um, Folks, this, I believe it's good news that Instagram model who poses a Catwoman jailed for masked robberies. Boy, it's a lot of people wearing masks these days committing crime, that's for sure. Uh, Big news of the day is the fact that Rhode Island, how about Twitter explodes over Romney? Um, Romney will vote. Senator Romney will vote. He said, I will vote. Absolutely. Let Let them pick someone and it'll be vetted. No doubt about it. So that's a very, very positive uh, development. Now, also, as I was mentioning, but big, big news, folks, our numbers have ticked up. And then as a result of that, as a result of the Rhode Island numbers ticking up, uh, we've been put on that quarantine list again by the different states. So that is um, certainly not a positive development. I'm sure we'll hear more about it tomorrow. With uh, with Governor Raimondo. So, but that is, um, as I said, that's certainly not a positive development. How about, like, Don Lemon? We're going to have to blow up the entire system. Why do they keep talking that way? Why do they talk about blowing things up and fire? And, my God, the the, uh, the rhetoric is just nonstop violence with this crowd. That's for sure. So, but the Rhode Island has been placed on the list again of, um, let's see, ranked, he was the first time presidential uh, ruling. Rhode Island's one of four states added to Connecticut's travel advisory list, so that's not good. And also, so the the number has now hit 200,000, but Rhode Island travel is again restricted again in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey to follow as cases climb up above 10 per 100,000. 
So, and a big part of this, though, a big part of this is because of Providence. That's where the problem really lies, is in fact with um, the situation in the city of Providence because of the outbreak there. But folks, this is good news because, you know, a lot of people that this news about Romney is a positive development because make no mistake about it, um, right away, as soon as Justice Ginsburg passed away on Friday, Romney has said he won't block a vote on the nominee. So that's big. Immediately, uh, Democrats were taken to the airwaves of cable news and saying that, well, what about someone like Romney? What about like that type of thing? And suddenly Romney is like, nope, I will not block as far as a vote. Not going to happen. He won't block a vote on the nominee. So that's very, very positive. Because remember, it has to move in those stages. So this is going to be, and, and I like, if the, if the focus is on the Supreme Court, like I said earlier, I think that's positive. I think that's better. Uh, Trump, McConnell, they seem more on the attack, so to speak. They seem more on the offensive. They seem more on the offensive as opposed to um, playing defense. How about all the false information put out about, and it's all, it's just all whining and sour grapes, and the president can't do that, and he can't replace someone. And I mean, and, and folks, it's all, you know, it's all lies. They absolutely have the ability to do it. And should do it, and um, and and if it turns out, you know, we'll we'll wait and see. This is going to be a battle. I find though, if you get a Judge Kavanaugh type of hearing, I think that plays to Team Trump, because folks, you go back to as I was playing earlier. Let's have Sheldon Whitehouse, Senator Whitehouse, drag out the old high school yearbook again, and let's let. Um, I'm seeing a headline. GOP senators in tight races embrace sharply different Supreme Court strategies. One is taking a stand against an immediate vote. Others are leaning into the fight and campaigning on it. Others are proceeding with extreme caution. I think it's a positive. I think it's a positive because let people see all of the, uh, I'll tell you, they are the, the, the biggest bunch of crybabies going. And let it be exposed. Let it be exposed that... That if they don't get their way, um, how then there's the threat of violence. Then they start to threaten, as AOC was saying, you know, uh, Mitch McConnell's playing with fire. And we're going to have to burn down the system. And, you know, all of that, that rhetoric is is just, um, I, I just, I can't even imagine if if Trump supporters were doing that, how that would be tolerated how that would be perceived why is that allowed none of it should be allowed none of it should be allowed so we also have information we're gonna have later on the website about providence police seeking um information related to a release and uh homicide so we'll have um more on that trying to identify the shooter uh possible area or previous altercation may have occurred let me see if i um we're going to, I'll have more on that. Oh, I see. This was the guy with the red sweatpants. This is the guy in the red sweatpants again. They cannot track down who that guy is. Boy, he was hot. I'll have this uh, later. They're still trying to track him down. At one point, he um, he jumped out before the car had even stopped. He jumped out. And then whoever was driving, boom, he's got the gun out. He's ready to for action. Um, they're still trying to search this guy. No mask, no hood. He does the shooting. The driver starts pulling away, and then he come and runs and jumps back into the car. But that was the guy with the red sweatpants. So they're still having trouble trying to identify him. Providence police are seeking assistance related to a homicide occurred in the parking lot, 25 Toby Street, 730 at night, Thursday, August 20th. The victim, Kadeem Moore, may have been involved in an altercation or confrontation with the shooter in the neighborhood surrounding 
25 Topi Street prior to the shooting. Detectives are attempting to identify the shooter in a possible area where the previous altercation may have occurred. Please see the video link below. Further information related to the possible suspect. Anyone? Information? Contact Providence Police Detective Sergeant Zuna or uh, Detective Ray Majo. So, again, it's the same thing of the guy with the uh, the red sweatpants. But something went down because that was uh, he's hot. That guy with the red sweatpants is um, he is he's all rage as he leaps out of the car. The car hadn't even stopped yet. And um, and he starts he starts going after him like that. All right. Now, I know that Mark with the Trump campaign folks is in Michigan, so they may be finishing up something. It was tentative. We were going to have him on. I'm uh, obviously very flexible, as you can imagine. And um, and just a reminder, again, the Trump rally, if you want to come out this Saturday, there will be. Now, listen, the president will not be there. So lack of a better word, Trump gathering of supporters maybe is a good way to describe it. Um, president Trump did tweet out this Saturday will be his Supreme Court nominee is going to be announcing it. And they haven't decided what time. Um, but they're going to start to move on that. And it certainly sounds they're going to move very, very quickly on that. Um, Ted Nisi, Senator White House's hit at MSNBC was awfully short. Senator Warren was on last night. So uh, let's see. Let me just check some of the other. Oh, my God. So The Handmaid's Tale. Folks, Washington is absolutely... Um, Washington is just going to be filled with protesters. Washington, D.C., it's, it's going to be nonstop. And also, I, folks, this week had the situation, if we didn't have the COVID situation, this was the week I was going to be leaving this afternoon for Washington, D.C. and broadcasting from there. A year ago, those of you who listen to the show, and again, folks, at 138, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. And um, uh, all right, here we go. All right. Trump takes first lead in Rasmussen White House poll. Let me read this story. Now we're talking. Let's get this ship going in the right direction. The Texas Insider. So, well, at least he's pulling ahead in Texas. I like the sound of that. We'll take our lead wherever we get it. First lead in the White House poll. Powered by a crucial 9% lead among likely U.S. voters. Not affiliated with either party. President Trump adds to a one-point lead over Joe Biden. Um, he's showing surpri- surprising strength among other minority voters. Suggesting he's attracting Hispanic support as violent racial protests continue in many cities. The race has narrowed over the past two weeks. So this is actually the country. Trump has closed Biden's lead to just 2% lead last week. Moving into the lead for the first time this week. At 47%, this is Rasmussen, Trump moved over 45% for the first time the past two and a half months. A new survey finds Trump 80% support amongst Republicans. Democrats, Biden is 80%, and a 9% lead amongst likely U.S. voters not affiliated with either party. So very, very positive uh, that the president is taking the lead. We need more of that, that's for sure. That that is uh, welcome. And I believe that this showdown with the Supreme Court I believe it benefits the White House because they are full speed ahead. It's much better and easier if you're playing offense. Much better playing offense as opposed to trying to play catch up. Always on the defensive. When it comes to the virus, the White House is on the defensive. When it comes to the Supreme Court, they're on the offensive. What is everyone talking about right now, starting with all these press conferences by the Democrat Party? They're talking about the Supreme Court. Good. Let there be riots. Let the mob. Let them start screaming. Let them start threatening you into the suburbs. Let it continue. It's only going to benefit the president. That's who it's going to benefit. 
And folks, I want to remind you, and again, good afternoon. Pepper and eggplant, meatball calzones, buffalo chicken calzones, pepperoni and cheese calzones. Are you hungry? Plain and deluxe spinach pies, cannolis, brownies, Trump chocolate covered donuts, Trump cupcakes, delicious sandwiches, Ron's pastry gourmet. Stop it and see them. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence and look for them on Facebook. Well, folks, it's uh, 142. Not sure what happened with our uh, friend from the Trump campaign, but these things can happen. It's fluid. Listen, he's out on the ground in Michigan. So um, I am very, very flexible. If you missed uh, Judge Janine, we had her on the Jean Piero. Judge Jean Piero, we had her on the program yesterday. You can go to the website, petro.com and all you have to do is click on um, radio show, and then everything is listed right there. Remember, petro.com brought to you by Operation Made, encouraging entrepreneurship one veteran at a time. Where do you see? Go to petro.com click on Operation Made. And it's all items. This is a local company, and it's they're all made by veterans. Some tremendous merchandise. I'm actually going to buy a gift for someone this afternoon. Uh, but you log straight through petro.com and then just you'll find it on the page. Operation Made. One veteran at a time right there at the website. Folks, we have some great supporters and advertisers on petro.com, just like Just Angels. Gifts from the heart, custom religious items, remembrance gifts, hundreds of other products. Find them online, justangelsonline.com, and you can link right through. Now, earlier, if you, uh, we had Donna Perry on last hour. But I believe, you know, this story of exactly how some protests against police brutality take a more confrontational approach. This story in the New York Times is laughable. Because it's really a violent approach. They say confrontational approach. But it's really a violent approach. That's what's going on. That, that, that's what's going on. That is absolutely what is going on. And they make no bones about it. They, they are threatening violence when it comes to the situation with the Supreme Court. That they make no mistake about it. They are saying that if they don't get their way, that there's going to be violence. No question. Um, and and it's, it's consistent. That I also like, um, did you catch the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, was on with Tucker Carlson last night. Cracking down on rioters. I want to hear so just a to talk to him tonight about a little bit what of that. He's doing in the state of Florida, Governor. Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it, and I appreciate what you're doing. So, g- give us an Happy overview, it, Tucker. You're- if you would of this legislation that you're proposing and backing. Yeah, a number of things. I mean, you mentioned increased penalties for people who are involved in these violent demonstrations, and that includes things like toppling statutes, blocking roadways. We also have a provision that says any municipality that defunds the police, which is just an insane policy, it's like cutting off your nose to spite your face. If you do that, the state government's going to defund you. We're not going to be sending you money if you're doing things like that. We also are concerned about watching Minnesota, what happened in Minneapolis, where the mayor just abdicated responsibility, had the police stand back. That gave these folks the ability to run amok. If that happens in Florida... We're waiving sovereign immunity. You can sue the local government for damages for anything that happens uh, to you. And then, as you mentioned, with just letting people out, uh, we revoke bail if you're arrested for one of these offenses. Um, And then once you make your first appearance, the presumption is you don't get bail beyond that. Because what happens in Oregon, they go in, they get their mugshot taken, and then they're right back on the street doing the same thing. Well, how how is that a deterrent? Good point. And this has gone on for more than three and a half months since Memorial Day weekend. I'm not aware of any other governor who's suggested what you're suggesting. Why do you think that is? Why have people put up with this for so long? I don't know, but I'll tell you, we've gotten a great response from this, Tucker. And part of it was 
we took action in Florida when all this was happening at the beginning of June. You know, I, I immediately brought up the National Guard. We have highway patrol strike teams that were there. We actually prevented them from taking over roads because we had things done. But I also thought to myself, okay, we handled it right. We had a lot of mayors, quite frankly, who did a really good job. Um, but I'm like, do we really want to keep playing whack-a-mole? I mean, once somebody throws a brick at a police officer during one of these demonstrations, yeah. uh, and then they have to go immediately to jail, they're going to stop. They're not going to do right. it. If they get away with it, they're going to continue to do it. Right. So I think this is important. And I think, as you've mentioned on your show, and by the way, your intro was in Fuego, it's almost like this rioting is like they're threatening to riot more. Yeah. You're seeing more and more of this. Well, okay, uh, if this is something that's coming down the pike, we're going to say, not in Florida, it's not. Good. I like There's that. There's a reason people are moving there, <clears throat> and it's not just the low taxes and good weather. Um, I agree completely. Tab, I mean, I think that they just, uh, they, they do the typical stuff that they do. I mean, some of the people on the far left, they are just anti-police. I mean, yes. they do believe in right. funding the police. And so when you have me standing in front of all these sheriffs and police chiefs saying, no, 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 you're not going to defund the police. We'll defund you. Uh, you're going to jail if you harm a police officer, really any citizen. Um, but uh, And so they're basically caught in this position. But I think it's important. We want this done as soon as we can get it done. But we're in an election season. Everyone running for office in Florida in the House or Senate, they got to take a position on this now. Yep. Are you for law enforcement, rule yep. of law, or are you going to stand with the mob? I know I where like I that. stand. And, and I think most people do, even Democrats. I mean, most people believe in order, of course. Governor DeSantis, I really appreciate what you're doing, and I appreciate your explaining it to me. Folks, that is, um, I'll tell you, he is someone to watch without question. He, that is the governor of Florida. DeSantis, that is someone to watch. I mean, you think about that. And, and around here, what, why, why is it allowed? The destruction and the protesting and, and just, you know, their whole act. And you watch, the, the threatening is only going to get worse. I'm telling you right now. Um, it, it's, it's absolutely going to get worse. Tucker Carlson, I, I'm telling you, I... I just think he is. Um, I just think he's been really solid. I think. Uh, I think he's just kind of emerged. I like. I don't. I don't watch Sean as much. I mean, obviously, like everyone else, I'm a fan of Hannity. But I think um, Tucker Carlson. I do watch. Laura Ingram is is very very good with the uh, with a lot of the legal stuff. Let me dip in a little bit. Is this some, I think we have a little bit more of Tucker Carlson from last night. And uh, the president was on. Meantime, good evening. Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. As you know, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg oh, died last Friday. She passed away of cancer. It was a sad moment because death is always sad. No matter who dies, death is coming for all of us someday. For that reason, we ought to mark a person's passing with a bow of respect. Take a moment for humility and perspective. Meditate on the fragility of our own lives and the lives of those we love. Remember that death is the one thing that unites every human being. Yep. No matter how powerful we imagine we are, at some point, we will be gone. All of us. Folks, this is the John DePietro show. never agreed with Justice Ginsburg's decisions, but on Friday night's show, Just we did our best to show some reverence, because that's the right thing to do. The left, by contrast, made no attempt at all. Prominent progressives immediately descended into hysteria and rage, unbridled rage. They told us that Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death was more than sad. They said it was a national crisis that imperiled this country's freedoms. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, they told us, single-handedly kept America from descending into fascism and tyranny. Now that she's gone, only her words can keep us safe. That's an odd claim, if you think about it. This is supposed to be a democracy. No one ever voted for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. No matter how much you liked her or agreed with her, she was, in the end, a single judge in a country of 350 million people. She was not God. Yet, according to the left, Ginsburg was all we had. We must obey her dying words as if they were a religious text. Her final wish supersedes our founding documents. What would Ruth Bader Ginsburg do? We must ask ourselves that and then do it. Watch. As a nation, we should heed her final call to us. Folks, Not again, as a I. Personal service to her, John DePietro, they. But as a service to the country. Start saying our that. country at a crossroads. She. Honor her last words that she not be replaced 
until a new president uh, is installed. Made up. She said, my most fervent wish is that I will not be replaced by a new, so what? new president is installed. Made up. We believe that. Her fervent wish uh. is that the next president. That was the last thing she said to the public. I don't believe we that. We know who this man is. Uh, this is we AOC. We know who this man is. This is a man who does not care about a dying woman's final wish. Clearly. So, turn down the volume and consider for a moment the reason here, the argument that they're making. Nothing is more important than our Constitution. That Constitution is in grave jeopardy. That's why we must substitute an 87-year-old woman's final wish for the constitutionally prescribed process for filling a Supreme Court seat. That's what they're arguing. Got that? Pretty amusing. Keep in mind, we don't really know, actually, what Ruth Bader Ginsburg's final words were. Did she really leave this world fretting about a presidential election? Right. We don't believe that. No. For a second, if it were true, it would be pathetic. Because life is bigger than politics, even this year. We wouldn't wish final words that small on anyone. So we're going to, again, choose to believe that Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't really say that. That in real life, she was thinking at the end about her family and yep. where she might be going next. Right. Human concerns, not partisan ones. But in practical terms, it's irrelevant what she said. Ruth Bader Ginsburg doesn't get to pick her replacement from her deathbed. That's not how it works. We have a constitution we're supposed to be defending, remember? And that's the whole point of the constitution. If Justice Scalia had said something like that, nobody would have cared. We would have been embarrassed for him. Thankfully, he didn't say that. On some level, Democrats know all this. All this talk about Ginsburg's dying wish is ridiculous and insulting to all of us and our country. And they'll stop soon. Democrats have an alternative argument at the ready, and that's one they've been honing all year. It goes like this. Do what we want, yep. and we will hurt you. That's right. That's the real argument. Yeah. Reza Aslan, a longtime CNN employee, wrote this in the hours after Ginsburg died. Quote, if they even try to replace RBG, we burn the entire effing thing down. That effing thing being our country that we built. On Friday night, another Democrat tweeted instructions for how to begin that process. Quote, we're now walking to Mitch McConnell's house to protest. More than 120,000 people liked that post, shockingly. The follow-up came a few minutes later. Quote, his house is entirely dark, significant police presence out front. It's not clear that he's here. It's clear that he's not here, as confirmed by a neighbor who is not fond of him. People are going home. That's not a protest. That's a threat. The point of it was to terrorize Mitch McConnell and his family. That's right. They knew it was coming because that's yep. how things seem to work now. The police guarding his house are probably the only reason it's still standing. Watch. Hey, can they show them outside? It's terrible. It's John DePietro on this Tuesday. This is good. This portion of the John DePietro Show brought to you by R&R Roofing. If it's time for a new roof, call them today, 823-1330. 823-1330, R&R Roofing. We shouldn't be surprised by that. It was just last year that another group of Democrats gathered outside Mitch McConnell's home chanting death threats. It was all on video. We put up with it, of course, so it's happened again. You get what you put up with. That's true of children. It's true of countries. And we're putting up with this, so we shouldn't be surprised. Who's doing it? Well, Trump voters are fascists, they tell us. Hmm. But when was the last time Trump voters threatened Democratic politicians in their homes? Never. Don't you recall that happening? Nope. No. The tactics are always the same, and it's always the same people doing it. Then in case Mitch McConnell didn't get the message, Biden voters assembled at the home of Senator Lindsey Graham. Graham chairs the Senate Judiciary Committee. They wanted to honor Ruth Bader Ginsburg's dying wish by making sure that Graham was intimidated. Watch. But then they were outside Lindsey Graham's house. John DePietro on this Tuesday. Again, I think it's important. This is Tucker Carlson last night talking about the left, talking about violence, talking about the mob. Spontaneous demonstrations. No. no, of course not. They're organized on social media and they're happening for a reason. The Democratic Party has encouraged this extremism over and over and over again. Yep. Nightly we tell you about it, but it never ends. It gets worse. Last night, the Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer of New York, held a press conference targeting Mitch McConnell by name. Hard to imagine that, but it happened. 
And Schumer invited Sandy Cortez, a first-term congresswoman from the Bronx. Here's what they said. If you want to get back at Mitch McConnell's blatant, nasty hypocrisy, call your senator and tell them not to listen to Mitch McConnell, not to be afraid of Mitch McConnell. And to Mitch McConnell, we need to tell him that he is playing with fire. We need to tell him that he is playing with fire. Really? That's a threat. Yes. And on Instagram, Sandy Cortez, America's most pampered revolutionary, went ahead and suggested that Democrats go further, maybe even embrace violence. Watch. Let this moment radicalize you. We have focus on voting for Joe Biden. I don't care if you like him or not. This is not over. You know, we win in November. I'm sorry to tell you, you're not going back to brunch. We're not going back to brunch. That's not happening. We're not going back to brunch. So now you know what a freshman member of Congress was doing standing at the podium with the most powerful Democrat in the Senate. Yep. Why would he choose Sandy Cortez? Well, because Sandy Cortez doesn't simply represent a congressional district. She doesn't do that very well. No, her real role is as commander of the youth wing of the Democratic Party, the direct action wing. That's right. The thugs who have spent the last three and a half months burning and destroying, in some cases killing, on behalf, effectively, of the Joe Biden for president campaign. Cortez and her followers use these tactics for one simple reason. You know why? Because they work. Yep. This summer, a bar owner in Omaha called Jake Gardner was... Folks, again, I... um. Good afternoon, it's Sean DePietro. I just want to point out, you know, it's amazing. I was saying those things yesterday, and then I, I, just Tucker is right on the money. And this is something to remember um, as this, this thing goes forward, because there's going to be more of it, not less, more of it. This portion of the John DePietro show, and again, I want to tell you, coming up at, at 2 is the news, then the John Dion program. But big news today on this Tuesday, and that is... Um, I want to congratulate Chief Tom Oates, the Woonsocket Police. It was a big-time drug raid, a big-time operation. They took a lot of fentanyl off the street, 20 people arrested, 20. No state police, all Woonsocket undercover narcotics. That was a big-time arrest. Job well done. Remember, if it's time for new roof... Call R&R Roofing today. All work guaranteed, free estimate, over 40 years in business. All types of shingles, flat roofs, 823-1330. Is it time for a new roof? Call R&R Roofing, 401-823-1330. 823-1330. If you forget the number, drop me an email. Go to the website, depetro.com. Folks, listen, enjoy this Tuesday. A week from tonight is the first debate. We're going to have the 2 o'clock news. The Dion program is next. The big news is that Woonsocket drug raid, big time. 20 people and a lot of fentanyl taken off the street, plus handguns and weapons and uh, and vehicles. Tomorrow, we're going to be broadcasting. I will be at the Governor Mundo press briefing. That's at 1 o'clock. You want to get in touch with me? Go to the website, petro.com. Shoot an email. Contact me there. Right now, it's 2 o'clock.